I guess I'll start by just saying that um, when we were talking from the refuge at Yukon Delta with the Intertribal Fish Commission, we were in strong agreement on the direction we wanted to go as far as conservation of the salmon species. Um, this um, special regulation, though, is more of a, a bureaucratic step. And typically the refuge had done these individually. Each opener would be an individual special action that is more paperwork that we have to fill out. And I'm new here. Uh, I'm new to the Yukon Delta I just asked Aaron and um, Spencer Reardon is another part of the team, along with Chris Tulick. And um, we're just talking about it. And I said, why can't we just do them all at the same time? And so that's simply really all it came from was just asking the question, why can't we just do it all at the same time? Um, Mary and the Intertribal Fish Commission thought it was a good idea, too. Like, yeah, let's get the, the information out to the public as as soon as possible. So, Sam. E. Ah, ako na away. Um, ukutwani ikisakay anot kalagi kaugun two five nine kauguni set nata kaluting tuga kaluting ikisakat ah hokan unokomak six. AM 10 PM up to Kishuku. Um, Taukuto and what Kyuki, Charlie Shu at Stagaluting Pikata, Charlie, June 12 and 15. Taukuto, Ikiki, right, uh, Dor Hotten up to Pachin, uh, Ukut Ikiki, what the free to jump in with questions of your own. And this is Fish Talk you're tuned into on KYUK 640 AM. We'd love to take your questions to answer questions you have about the upcoming salmon season and regulations. Join the conversation by calling in 543-2756 or 543-5985. Mary? Thank you, Anna Rose. And, and like Boyd and Sam just explained, um, this really was an efficiency um, to announce all five at <clears throat> It was more efficient to announce all five at once. And um, for those, for the people who have been fishing the last 
I don't know, five years or so, there is not much different in terms of um, what fishermen experience. Um, the front enclosure has been around, I think, since 2014 or 15, um, and that was a state process. But um, the Fish Commission also respects that front enclosure, and there there typically have been at least three set net opportunities during the front enclosure on Wednesdays and Saturdays. This is also in keeping with that trend. And it, the past few years, they have, you know, since the front enclosure began, the first opportunity is the 12th, and then usually the second opportunity is the 15th or 16th. So um, from a fisherman's perspective, there's really nothing different here. But there are big changes um, in working with Boyd. His team now um, includes three people from his team now includes three people from the river, which is a real blessing. It feels like we have three more fish commissioners, so it's very practical, common sense approaches to things like just having one um, federal action to start out with that incorporates a lot. So thank you, Sam. Uh, Wednesdays and Saturdays. turn now to our first caller of the show, Ruth Yvonne of Bethel. Hi, Ruth. Hi, Ruth. Hi. Are these the first openers, the only openings they'll have, or will there be more? Good question, Ruth. Um, who wants to take that one? I, I can. Um, hopefully there will be more. Hopefully there will be you know, at least two or three more. But um, <clears throat> the in-season managers and the feds um, and all of us involved wanted to make sure that um, 
we're looking at in-season data to make sure that, um, you know, we're not collectively all of us over-harvesting. But these are just the beginning announcements, and hopefully um, the run will return with abundance and we can have numerous other chances to fish. Yeah, because most of us don't set net, and uh, we only uh, just net. Because uh, those dates, the 12th and the 15th, um, only on the 20-something, that's when the fish are more abundant. And uh, and uh, due to high waters, the fish might be way swimming way down there, way down at the current, you know, way down there, not above. So when they test fish, the only time they'll catch lots is when the tide's coming in. I've, we've been fishing since we were, we were babies, and I'm old and uh, getting old, and I've been going fish camp every year ever since I was a baby, and uh, we need more days to fish than that. And besides, June is a drying season. Can I translate what I said? Please, go ahead, Ruth. Yeah. Kingita akut apiuskan ka Tony kaki mungkufia cekut awayap hatni at talo takim tawangkut tawangkut tawat talam ta set natayu nata ik ik siya sa top ning ari Tony bika dito ko mayo kini kahami Tony bika tasyinut that was my big question because ah June is our drying season. July when the bugs come in and can ruin and rain can ruin. Okay, thank you for taking my call. Okay, thank you, Ruth. Bye. Thanks for calling in. And if you too would like to call in with your questions or comments about the upcoming fishing season, please join the conversation at five four three two seven five six or five four three five nine eight five. You're tuned into KYUK six forty AM Fish Talk. I do have a question about with these openings being scheduled already, these five openings, three set net, two drift net. What happens if there's just really terrible weather one day? Will that still be the scheduled opening? Is there potential for that opening to be shifted around? Um, So this is called an emergency special action, and... The nice thing about the emergency special action is that authority is delegated down to the local level from the Federal Subsistence Board, and it does give us more flexibility to change things if we see something here locally that we feel needs to change. So that includes, yes, um, those dates for whatever reason, um, if there's a conservation concern, um, Let's say there's absolutely there are just no fish coming into the river on the 12th, and we see that nobody's catching fish, and um, and we have grave concerns for the conservation of Chinook salmon because of that. Well, you know, we could rescind the date of the 15th. We could also say we want to include more fishing opportunities, as Mary kind of alluded to, because there's perhaps more fish in the water than we originally expected. Mm-hmm. So. 
Sam? question from Benjamin. This has been touched on, but it seems like we can provide some more information. Will there be more openings after the 15th? And the answer we've heard so far is hopefully there will be. It'll depend on how the salmon are looking. So what will be considered to determine whether or not to hold more openings? So a number of different indexes are used. Um, the customary ones have been Bethel test fish, the customary, most customary one was Bethel test fish. And, you know, Rose allude, or, um, Ruth alluded to this. Um, there has been a lot of, um, you know, I, I don't really know the word, but a lot of curiosity about why Bethel test fish fishes on an outgoing tide. And it's because it's an index and they're just looking at numbers using the same set of circumstances. So when the river was abundant, it actually made sense not to be fishing to harvest the greatest number, but just to get an index every day, actually every tide at one point. Um, and now um, Bethel Sonar is a newer project. It hasn't been around that many years. But what we've seen, um, the in-season managers from the Fish Commission have noticed that that is a more accurate reflection of what's in the river. And that really showed itself in 2017 where the river conditions were warm and low and the kings really were running deep. And Bethel test fish did not um, catch many because of that. And so they, that index wasn't as accurate that year. And one of the best indexes that we now have are these um, openings on the 12th and the 15th because we all know that those harvesters aren't messing around. And if there's fish in the river, their catches will reflect that. If there aren't as many fish in the river, their catches will, re will reflect that as well. So that's been a really good index for us to use. The other thing that we've come to find out is the Western science indexes don't really show us what the run is doing until about the 19th or 22nd. So we're we're kind of flying blind going off the the forecast until about the 19th anyway. So Sam Yeah. 
Caller Yvonne from Bethel. Hi, Yvonne. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. What's your yeah. question? First question. Tuesday, Channel Two Nightly News. People taking king salmon out of the Copper River. By ten twenty, they had over a thousand kings taken. What makes me more mad? Two airline pilots. Get off the jet and give it to us. Was it the Seattle restaurant? Me and the first people? No. We're on, we're placed on restriction. 15, 16 years now? There's totally something wrong with that right there. They're already making predictions. Yukon and Kuskokwim. I have to laugh. I never hear from me and my elders yet. Only outsiders predict we're going to have low king and fish runs. For a millennium, we know the fish are coming. Salmon, as long as they're not intercepting out in the sea. The smelts are coming. We know that. 
Four million them. This is our land and water. Why are we on restrictions? I'll just have to quote an elderly woman on Monday, you pick Toxo with a heavy heart. Who wants to fish freely like me? We're citizens of the United States. Being native, we got the native subsistence rights. Fish and wildlife violating that, period. I'm with that elderly woman. She wants to fish freely. After 15, 16 years of restrictions, you owe us that. Period. What I mean, fish freely? We don't have that. We fish when we want to. That's our King Salmon too, not only Copper River outsiders, and giving them to restaurants. There's totally something wrong with that. Discrimin discrimination. And uh, in closing, I don't know how many years back, Kuskokum River Salmon Working Group was against the mine. You, this federal, you and Fish and Game, Fish and Game, the commissioner literally gave the Donald Goldman to go ahead. You speak of conservation to mean my people? Where does your, where does the Donald mine, what, what's your stance on the Donald Goldman? It's, it's going ahead, look like to me. Why I say that? There's going have big lake poison tailings pond up there when it opens up, and it's just going to sit there. Just they're going to have a cyanide port, heavy boat traffic. Is it going to damage your smelt run? In closing, give us the freedom at least once, just like that elder woman said. This is our land and water. We know the king and king salmon and fish are coming. You're violating our rights. Good day. Thanks, Yvonne. Um, who would like to respond? Uh, I, I think um, I, I would like to respond, and I really appreciate the comments from Yvonne, right? It was his name. I, um, he said a lot, and so his first comment was about uh, the story of fish being taken from the Copper River and being given or sold to restaurants and I saw that story too just yesterday and it really intrigued me as well and um, and I agree with him that that didn't seem right especially if you're someone from here in um, Alaska or if you're um, a subsistence user and uh, so to address I think his concern one of his concerns is that local users are penalized when outsiders can come and fish and are, are not um, restricted as as they are, and so uh, f 
from my perspective at least, that is what we are trying to do with this special action is actually give the priority to the federal subsistence users who are the local residents of the Kuskokwim River. So the river will be closed to all users. That That's true and not necessarily the um, most popular thing to have to do. But it will only open to federal subsistence users who are local qualified users from the Kuskokwim area. And so it is at least an attempt to do the right thing for the local people of the Kuskokwim River and give them the priority to fish. And before we move on to addressing Yvonne's other point, Sam, will you jump in? Yes. Waska. said something a little bit incorrectly and I apologize because I think I said it's our our attempt to do the right thing by giving the local users the priority and I shouldn't say that we're giving anything it's it is 
your fish. It, they, they, this is your river. The local people who live here in and around Yukon Delta National Wildlife Refuge, um, it's yours. And, and the people who live here deserve to be able to fish with no restrictions. I completely agree with that. The, what I'm trying to convey is that there's a conservation concern for the continued subsistence use of this resource. That's what we're working with partners like the Intertribal Fish Commission to ensure is that subsistence use is handed down to your ancestors, to your, to your offspring, to your grandson and your granddaughter so that they can also fish just like everyone has done for as he said, millennia. Sam? Yeah, I'm going to say that 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 I'm going to say to Yvonne's question on whether the Kuskokwim River Intertribal Fish Commission has taken a stance on the proposed Donlin Gold Mine? Oh, the the commission definitely has not because there are certain tribes... The commission definitely has not taken that up. There are certain tribes that are opposed to it and certain tribes that are for it. And um, even if we just stick to fish issues, there's enough to fight about. But if we start bringing in other issues... Um, the Fish Commission, you know, will be on thin ice. Um, so we just, we we don't look for other topics to, um, you know, discuss at this point. That's certainly one of them. Sam? Yeah. I'm actually Mary Alacht 
Could I add one more thing, Anna Rose? Um, this is Mary again. Um, so the numbers that that were given as a project prediction, and, and like Yvonne Waska said, we take these numbers with a grain of salt. So the right now the forecast is on the low end, 94,000. On the high end, 155,000. The last two summers, this forecast has been off by 100,000 either way. But the thing that I keep thinking is our highest harvest was 110,000. 110,000 is also our escapement goal. So to meet both those goals, we'd need a run of at least 220,000. But right now, the prediction is on the low end, 94,000. So we're not just looking at the numbers. We're, you know, if it were just one family, yeah, there's plenty of fish for one family. But if it's all of our families, there is not enough fish for all of our families. Kevin Whitworth, our biologist in McGrath, said basically there's enough for two king salmon per person at this point. Wow. Sam? Yeah. Oh, I tell you, Mary, Ansni Ilaluku, Yakok Ilumun Nakkauksheta. Um, a home kaya gaudre muaskam is hatstun, uh, ukuta figures, number at, uh, um, apakaluki pishe, uh, ya ilumun hoktoi totten tang hoshatni, pitu yakut, tawam hok mai, uh, matum me ashakumi, um, escapement and harvest. Join the conversation of Fish Talk here on KYUK by calling 543-2756 or 543-5985. 
On the line with us now is Mike from Akiak. Good afternoon, Mike. Um, can you hear me? Loud and clear. Yeah, thank you. Uh, good afternoon. My name is Mike Williams, calling from Akiak. Um, um, thanks for allowing me to call in. Um, yeah, uh, we've been, um, uh, you know, working on um, helping managing the fishery um, uh, all of these years um, since we formed the Cutscombe River Intertribal Fish Commission, and um, and we have uh, been uh, able to. Um, engage um, about 33 tribes along the river from uh, Nikolai all the way down to the mouth and um, and I think uh, that was the um, first time that uh, we were able to do that um, and um, uh, the Yukon uh, uh, River um, also uh, did that and the Yukon River um at the same time as we got the fish commission started and um and we have been um ACAC native community has been submitting the uh, special action request to the federal subsistence board for ever since um um uh, there was a conservation concern of the chinook on the river and we have uh, been very successful and thanks to the federal subsistence board for um Approving uh, all of those, um, uh, all of those uh, special action requests, and um, and to allow the refuge manager to um, federalize the river from the um, from um, uh, the mouth to Anyak, and um, and we have been co-managing that um, portion of the river from June one to July one. Uh, in the, uh, and in the recent um, uh, recommendation, um, uh, um, ACAC Native Community did not submit uh, this year's uh, special action request to the federal substance support, except um, we forwarded a letter to um, uh, the refuge manager to um, manage the river um, from um, June 1 until... Um, uh, there was no more conservation concern in any species. Chinook, chum, red, and, um, so, um, so we included that, uh, letter and, um, and I really appreciate, um, the federal action recently, uh, to federalize the river because of the conservation concern. And last year, the numbers didn't add up uh, in the Chinook returns. There was a robust um, projections, but those projections didn't uh, turn out on the river with the counts. And um, and in order to uh, c- uh, conserve uh, the kings for the future use uh, and the returns, um, uh, that's the reason why uh, we did that again. And thanks to the uh, refuge manager for taking that and the recent um, uh, special um, action. Um, 
for SIPnet opportunities and those two 12-hour um, uh, openers that are scheduled. Um, we fully support those, and if we, uh, there are numbers uh, that return um, uh, after the 15th opener, then um, uh, then we will consider, um, you know, looking at those numbers to make sure that um, uh, that we have um, enough fish uh, on the river, chinook uh, on the river. So I think uh, going uh, in uh, on a precautionary measure, I, I think it's a good idea. But um, I think uh, um, uh, that is the reason why uh, we fully support um, 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 that, uh, because um, thinking about uh, the future generations, I have 16 grandchildren, three great-grandchildren, and, uh, and if we don't conserve uh, and to be um, mindful about the returns, um, of our kings on the river, then um, uh, our future children and grandchildren are going to realize um, uh, even stricter um, uh, regulations um, uh, in restricting uh, for subsistence uses. So we're fully supportive of the um, federally qualified users only on the river and um, this summer. And we um, look forward in uh, making sure that if their uh, numbers are robust, then uh, lift those restrictions. So I think uh, it's a very good sound plan, and um, and I really appreciate all the work uh, that the Fish and Wildlife does, um, along with um, the Cusquim River Intertribal Fish Commission and also the Alaska Department of Fish and Game, but um, we all have to uh, work together to um, make sure that um, um, uh, make sure that um, we um, work on those objectives. Um, and I think, um, uh, with the traditional knowledge that we have to offer with our 33 tribes, uh, we're on the table to manage. Um, our fishery, and uh, I really appreciate, um, um, you know, our fish biologist, um, Kevin Whitworth um, of um, McGrath that uh, uh, we hired, and also, um, you know, working um, collaboratively with uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. I think um, we've uh, come a long way, so, um, so the more um information that we have um uh, the better and i really appreciate um, you mary for all your work over uh, these years um um along with the uh Cusquim, um working management working group on the um on the river and i've been involved uh, ever since uh my uncle Joe Lomack uh, passed away, and he told me to be involved in the fish management of the fishery on the river. So I never, um, I uh, took his word, took his direction, and I'm still here. And uh, thank you for listening to me. And um, 
I'll just uh, um, Mike, if you'll, to, you uh, students who, yeah, if you'll also, Mike Williams Sr. is chairing the Kuskokwim River Intertribal Fish Commission. And also, will you translate yourself? Yes, I can. Um, 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 Cuscoam River Intertidal Fish Commission Nani Jali um uh Ankalaka uh Joe Lomak um River Management Working Group on the down um um, my uh, fish and wildlife service at Jali, um, River Intertribal Fish Commission at Jali Nikolai Mun uh Akaki uh Ukut Yudan Kun Chipluki Nunatwani Pit Kluki Chali Kutmai Makut Nakat Mosin Chaliki Makut Tagayakfit um uh ukutwani <laughs> Um uh refuge manager Ramun Jali <laughs> uh what 
KYUK's Fish Talk. I'm going to reintroduce my guest. Mary Poltola is the executive director of the Kuskokwim River Intertribal Fish Commission. Aaron Moses is the subsistence coordinator with the Yukon Delta National Wildlife Refuge. And Boyd Blahavdi is the manager of the Yukon Delta National Wildlife Refuge in San Berlin, is on the line calling in from Fish Camp Translating. And we have a caller on the line. Tim from Bethel. Hi, Tim. Good afternoon, Tim. Are you there? Good afternoon. Hi, welcome. What's your question or comment today? Hi, Anna Rose. Uh, and thank you for taking my call. And welcome, welcome to Boyd, to the region. And uh, a lot of issues that uh, you'll probably encounter over the winter, and also salmon, one of our biggest uh, concerns that we have now. And I'd like to also thank Rayborn for sustaining the Fish and Wildlife Service and keeping that working relationship with the Cuscombe River and Tribal Fisheries Commission over the last couple of years. And Mary, good work for for the Inter-Tribal Fisheries Commission. Brianna, Tim. You're welcome. Uh, the second thing I'd like to bring up is uh, the concern that I have for the concurrent uh, fishery openings that are going to be occurring throughout the summer or throughout the month of June with the state of Alaska and uh, the implications that it may create. Uh, one of the top concerns I have is the uh, the 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 um, 
it's uh, an Anoka, which, uh, with the rural priority. Sorry, that tongue-tied there for a little bit. But uh, if we allow for the state to open concurrently with uh, with the uh, actions of the Inter-Tribal Fishery Commission and also the federal management system, it would allow for any any Alaska resident to come out and fish, uh, regardless of where they live, whether they live in Juneau, Sitka, Anchorage, Fairbanks, Barrow, wherever, and uh, totally disregard the uh, rural priority. And I'm glad to see in the KYK news announcement that uh, the federal management system is going to have federal law enforcement out there, but. Uh, <clears throat> I would like to, and I'm pretty sure the listening audience would like to know, how can we report, you know, people that are not not from the area, not rural residents, uh, that are, might participate in the fishery. And I don't know how active the federal officers are going to be out there, but uh, I'm sure there's going to be a few that are going to try and sneak in, in between and try to partake in the fishery. Uh, when I was working for ABCP uh, during the years that we had conservation issues, I know we had uh, salmon that were brought to the airlines and being shipped out. A lot of people were uh, voicing concerns about the salmon that are grown out from from the announced uh, subsistence openings, and I hope and pray that um, the management system will monitor that and keep that to a minimum. Because the local people very much need the salmon, and you know, we, you've heard from Ruth, and you've heard from Mike, and you've heard from Yvonne, and all expressed that we need our salmon, and um, it it it's a big contributor to our to our diet. And maybe I'll take a break there and have Sam interpret and I can go on to my last last issue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ABCP Mitchell, Tali Lashkook, Makunika, Mogiskilranik, Piluni, Naknik, Koyawitriki, Ukutta, Tamani, Pildred, Aknashut, Kitnakaka, Kitki, Tiruliku, Chiuni, Rukoyaksuku, Chalisu, Una Mary, Chale Mamandre, Makuni,
samana suku unani su mani tunglek ni Pacific side ah makut tapi ukar lekita um time ah nakut tayo kaya kiniluki kanut kiniluki tawam nalak kiniluki ah tawam makutwani ah amshay na kalutung kotoy pinrit pinrit kiniluki mukis mukis kamin mukis kamin ni ki ah to respond to there for Tim. One question that he had at the beginning, Boyd, maybe you can respond to, is about what federal law enforcement will look like this summer on the river. How active will they be? Sure. And I want to also just say thanks to Tim for the warm welcome that he wished. Uh, I appreciate that. I, I echo his concerns over the state announcement that came out and our biggest concern from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service's side is that it could potentially confuse uh, anglers and, and fishermen and fisherwomen that are out there on the water and we don't want that. That that doesn't help anybody. So our goal has been to try to um, reiterate the fact that we're going to have law enforcement here and that we're going to enforce the federal closure because that's that's our job. That's what we um, will be doing. And we won't have a large contingent or large number of law enforcement here, but we will have federal law enforcement officers here starting um, at the time of the closure on June 1st. Sam? E. Uh, 
We're going to move on to another caller, yeah. Willie in Quigillingock. Hi, Willie. Hi. Hey, uh, I got a couple of comments, and uh, I got a question. Okay. Uh, my comment, first comment is uh, for us subsistence users, uh, year after year, it's get. It gets so depressing to hear all these restrictions placed on us, the subsistence users of these fish, the rules and regulations that we have to follow for over 10 years now. I mean, to me, it gets so depressing. And uh, I... If that, I'd like to hear if there's any couple of comments from these two agencies, uh, the state and federal agencies, what they're doing in their part to um, what they're doing in the high seas. To me, that's where all the fish are disappearing from. Uh, can you, during the talk show, can you uh, make a few comments on what you're doing in the high seas? Because uh, for the past good plus 10 years, we've been doing the, our part up up here to conserve, conserve our fish, and nothing has happened. Probably the other end, where the fish are disappearing from. Maybe that's where the, the more efforts should be put on there towards uh, the, the conversation to try to conserve the, the number of um, the salmon where they're disappearing from. We all know that uh, fish return are fewer and few, fewer every year, and we we, as natives up here on the Kaskokwim, we're doing our part. We're, follow, we're following your rules and regulations. Um, we're doing our part to follow them to cons- conserve uh, the fish species. But uh, 
So that's where I'm coming from. So can you someplace on this talk show make a few comments, if any, uh, from the two agencies up there, what you guys are doing in uh, the high seas towards, towards the efforts of uh, getting the fish numbers up. Yeah, Thank we'll, you. We'll Bye. Wait, wait, don't go. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. We shall work to go on Karakta. What not an old Katakuka depressing. You couldn't funny. We are not going to what you can 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 soon right Asa mekok an asa kunyah kunyam seni tenyer sedikit suku tayi ma pilih asa pinaga kan kuatin inakutun nika nikhutluta kuatlu fisar sahputa piluku doa depressingan lain seni luku doa itu and also, actually, these two agencies, state and federal sites, unani imakpi me tamktali tiknik magutwani nikuris kaitan tungitun tamatum kalakpagaiwilamda. And while I was uh, talking, translating my uh, question and comments, I forgot one other question I had. Okay, on those uh, setnet, designated setnet days and designated uh, driftnet, driftnet days, does that mean if I went fishing on a setnet day that I would not be able to drift net and on the drift net days I would not be able to uh, set net. So if you could make clarify on that. กูยายกูยายกูมาอับตัวตัวนี้ก็ตัวตัวก็นักสุดตัวก็น่าวลุนี้เรื่องตัวนับอับตัวกัดหูอัดขัดตาเชียร์เชียร์ก็อาวุธ
um, different groups. The time for the the set net, the three set net openings are 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. And then the drift net days for both drift and set net are 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Um, and then I'm really glad you called about the first question. I've been kind of waiting uh, for somebody to call in about that. Um, one of the blessings of having Boyd um, transferred to this refuge is it's freed up a lot of the Fish Commission's time that the Fish Commission used to spend, you know, arguing over um, whether it's going to be all three species or just kings. And so a lot of that time that had been used up, we are now focusing on looking at the North Pacific Fisheries Management Council and engaging in those larger conversations about bycatch. Um, I've been learning that, that that North Pacific Fisheries Management Council is a very different organization. And what I've learned is every organization has its own culture. And that culture is very um, industrial fishing minded. They have seven board members, five of whom are are appointed by the governor of the state of Alaska. So the state of Alaska and the governor's office and the commissioner of fish and game have a lot of control over North Pacific Fisheries Management Council. Also, um, one of the things I've learned is they govern, they, they police themselves, um, which is unique. Um, on May 27th, which is a week from today, there is going to be a hearing that AFN is, it's like a field hearing that AFN, Alaska Federation of Natives, is hosting. And it's going to be with Congressman Huffman, who's from California, Marin County, and Congressman Don Young. And those two guys independently are, they each have bills looking at the reauthorization of the Magnuson-Stevens Act. The North Pacific Fisheries Management Council was created under the Magnuson-Stevens Act. So with the reauthorization, this is a good time for us to become engaged in these conversations about bycatch and how they are governed and getting um, a different composition, hopefully, of that group, that seven-member group. Um, so I'll leave it at that. Um, we are, so that is all to say we are really looking at focusing. Tribes have made it really clear we need to be more involved in that discussion. But I think that our issues are more than just the marine environment. Um, Ken Harper on the Guihluk River did some a couple years of study on smolt out-migration, the, the babies leaving the Guihluk River. Um, they're down like times 10. It's like a tenth of what used to go out. Those were the kind of preliminary numbers that I've seen. And hopefully those kind of studies will be ongoing every year so we can get that as a better index. Um, but I'll leave it at that. Thank you. Sam? Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to uh, um, uh, talk about the Mary
Appointed members, yes. And Aaron, correct me if I'm wrong on this. Mary was absolutely correct on the openers, 100%. But I, I thought Mr. Willie there was maybe um, concerned that if you fished with a set net on the, the the set net dates, which are the second, fifth, and the ninth, that you wouldn't be able to also fish the drift net. That I that's what I thought I heard him. Wondering about, um, and I might have mis, mis, um, misunderstood, but Aaron, there is, you can fish all five days, right? Okay. So I want to make sure people know that they can fish all five of the openers. It's not like selective. You don't have to pick one of the dates. You can, you can fish on all five, but Mary's right. It's the first three are set net only. And then the, this, the second set of dates on the 12th and the 15th, it's drift net or set net. Mm-hmm. Right. Or both, yeah. Or both, and yeah. and down by Quig, they are not really bound to those dates because they're in state waters. Right, that's true. Yeah. Sam. Yeah, I could too. 
because we've been talking about federally qualified users and state users a number of times, and I just want to make it clear that federally qualified users are the only ones allowed to be part of the take. What that means is driving the boat or or doing the net, picking them out of the net. But if you have a relative that does not live here, they can still come and help you cut. They can help you get smoke wood. They can do everything but be part of the take. So we just can't have folks who don't live here year-round doing the fishing in federal waters, but they can help at fish camp. Sam? Okay, yeah. I'm going Uh, 
Anyhow, I I just have two items I needed to share from our pop, Nick Nick Jr. Never knew he was a junior until way, way down beyond so many decades uh, beyond. Uh, Papa said, I hear anything I share is from 99.9, you name it, percent from our ship is named um, one who never migrates. <laughs> Anyhow, he mentioned uh, that Kaskokwim River will dry up so long ago we were in a tent, I think, then. And the other is good news. Um, moss, there's lots of moss appearing up here, Tundra, and it's Glorious, it's dry, we, we, very dry. Not Nunapachuk is not sinking yet. <laughs> Just like Nunachuk did, uh, where Gladys Young and Henry Young taught, and Mom said she uh, must uh, only guessing up to third grade in our pop, uh, maybe not even first grade, just a few yards in the first grade. And here he had. Uh, general merchandise store as big as uh, you name it Fred Myers you name it anyhow uh, the other one uh, yeah the other one is uh, the moss it's very good growth moss M-O-S-S uh, it's all over you get a uh, good enough uh, great to hear from Nuss Brianna for calling Nuss <laughs> And we're at time there. It is 2.30 when we're going to wrap up our show. Thank you to all our callers for calling in today, sharing your comments, your knowledge, and your questions as well. Thank you to Sam Berlin on the line from Fish Camp translating throughout the show. Thank you, Sam. And then also thank you to my guests for joining us today in the studio, Mary Poltola, Executive Director of the Kuskokwim River Intertribal Fish Commission, Aaron Moses, Subsistence Coordinator for the Yukon Delta National Wildlife Refuge, and Boyd Blahavdi, Manager of the Yukon Delta National Wildlife Refuge. Thanks for joining us today, and also thank you to everyone again for calling in. Thank you to Iris and Gabby for running the board, answering all your calls today. I'm Anna Rose MacArthur. You're listening to Fish Talk. We'll be back next week, Thursday at 1 p.m. I wanted...